Support for Kansas City Today comes from Cleveland University, Kansas City. From its roots as a chiropractic college to new degree programs in health sciences, CUKC is educating healthcare professionals focused on next-level health. Learn more at cleveland.edu slash impact. Support also comes from Grandma's Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with the respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandma'scatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. Today is Wednesday, February 9th. Coming up, we'll hear from Missouri Governor Mike Parson on the state legislature's failure to confirm his nominee for health director and compensation for people who've been wrongfully imprisoned. But first, some headlines. COVID-19 hospitalizations and cases continue to decline across the metro. Since last week, daily average hospitalizations have dropped 23 percent, according to the Mid-America Regional Council. Just over 1,100 cases were reported on Monday, down from nearly 2,500 two weeks ago. Still, Dr. Steven Stites of the University of Kansas Health System said masking remains important. Now we want to keep schools and businesses open. The best way to do that is to, you know, stay safe and wear a mask in public spaces where you're indoors. And that helps make sure the virus doesn't spread so much. And then the schools can stay open because kids need to be in schools. Prairie Village and Roland Park have extended mask mandates until March 16th. And Kansas City and independent schools continue to require masks indoors. Republicans in the Kansas Senate overrode Democratic Governor Laura Kelly's veto of a congressional redistricting map less than 24 hours after Monday's failed attempt. Jim McLean of the Kansas News Service reports the state House of Representatives must also override the governor to put the map into law. Kelly vetoed the map because it moves a racially diverse part of Wyandotte County out of the Kansas City area district that Democratic Congresswoman Sharice Davids now represents and replaces it with two rural Republican counties. Kelly also objected to moving Lawrence into the sprawling district that covers western Kansas. On that, Republican Senator Mark Steffen agrees. Ten years ago, redistricting brought us liberal Manhattan. Now they're dumping the Lawrence liberals in our lap. Even so, Stephan was one of two senators to change their earlier votes to give Republicans the two-thirds majority needed to override the veto. Patricia and Mark McCloskey, two married St. Louis attorneys convicted of waving guns at Black Lives Matter protesters in 2020, could lose their law licenses. KCUR's Dan Margulies reports the Missouri Supreme Court placed the couple on probation for a year. And if they violate it, their licenses will be indefinitely suspended. Mark McCloskey, who is running for the U.S. Senate, told KCUR he was disappointed in the ruling and may ask the U.S. Supreme Court to review it. The McCloskeys drew national headlines when they confronted a group of mostly black protesters who had entered their gated community en route to demonstrate in front of the nearby home of a former St. Louis mayor in June 2020. Republican Missouri Governor Mike Parson called the behavior of his own party disgraceful last week when the legislature refused to confirm his nominee to lead the state's health department over unfounded claims that the nominee supported vaccine and mask mandates. Now he's at the center of another controversy after saying he'd like his next nominee for the job to have Christian values. But Parson told KCUR's Steve Kraske that doesn't mean his next choice needs to be Christian. Here's an excerpt of their conversation about the health department, COVID prevention measures, and wrongful conviction on KCUR's up-to-date. And we should note, while the governor questions the efficacy of masks as a prevention measure, health experts are agreed on masks as an effective way to curb spread of the disease. 
Governor, welcome back to Up to Date. So good to have you on the show. Hey, Steve. Good morning. Good to talk to you again. I just wonder, you know, you're the leader of the Republican Party in Missouri, Governor, and you get the sense that some Republicans aren't willing to follow your lead. There's got to be some frustration tied up in all that. Well, I, I think anytime you're, you're in the governor's role, as I'm learning as I go through this process, you know, not everybody's going to agree with you uh, mm-hmm. on both sides of the aisle from time to time. But I think when you look back at somebody's record, I hope people take a look back and say, you know, that guy's pretty consistent in how he's led. He's been pretty straightforward. Whatever he says he's going to do, he pretty well stays with that. And, uh, you know, there's inter-party fighting Republicans, Democrats. We see that play out every day. But I think the vast majority of people, Steve, are faithful, good, hardworking people in this state that are more affiliated with somebody doing a good job than they are the parties. You know, you've also struggled with some members of your own party when it comes to your state health director. The Senate rejected your pick last week. You know, I've watched you for a long time, Governor, and I've never heard you sound this upset. I mean, ever. You called the whole thing disgraceful, unquestionably wrong, and an embarrassment to the state. And this was for a health director who opposed mask requirements and COVID vaccine mandates. I mean, he was pretty conservative. What was so embarrassing to the state? Well, I, I think I think I guess for me, Steve, we, we've just been on the front lines for almost two years. Right. Uh, I know what the mentality of people are that's been here every day, day in and day out. And the guy, he he's a true believer in health care. Uh, I mean, and I thought for what he had to go through, some of the allegations that were made and just totally misinformation about the guy. It was disappointing to me. You know, I'll say that I I normally try to keep myself pretty well in check. I don't care who you are or party affiliates or whatever. When you try to destroy personally somebody's life and it's not about the job and there's there's other things said about it. That's always pretty frustrating for me because I think one thing about it, you can disagree all day long, but I think there's a line you've got to be careful and not cross when you start trying to destroy somebody's character or their life. You know, you're also walking back the comments you made in a news release last week that you would only nominate someone new as state health director who shares your Christian values. Your office is saying that that does not mean that you would require job applicants to be Christians. Can you clarify that for us? Because you've gotten some strong kickback over it. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with that, Steve, too. You know, you know, through my faith, you know, as a Baptist faith, I mean, uh, and I understand that whether, whether it's uh Elders from the Mormons, whether it's rabbis, whether it's uh, ministers of different kinds of faith, I do believe in God. That's what I believe in. I think the vast majority of people, regardless what the brands are, you kind of believe in that. That's never been a litmus test for me to come in and say, okay, you got to believe like I believe. But I do want those values in a person. And as governor, that's okay if I want that and mm-hmm. ask that. It's just everything hinges on words sometimes. Uh, but it's not that somebody's got to walk in here with Christian values uh, that matches up exactly to mine. But my Christian values are important to me, and I'm not afraid to say that. And to be clear, you've appointed people to jobs who are not Christian. Yeah, most, most certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we've done that. And, you know, I've been around a long time, but, I, I you know, that's, that's not something we base everything on. If, if I've got a good candidate in here and they're representing a different part of the state, a different kind of belief than I am, that's fine, you know. I know it was in Kansas City a week or so ago with a lot of the elders from the Mormon Church up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, just day Latter Day Saints, uh, good good people doing good things. Uh, I'm not saying our religions match up word for word, and that's okay that it doesn't. Mm-hmm. 
Well, your next nominee, will they have to be somebody who opposes COVID vaccinations in order to pass muster with the state Senate? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Look, look Steve, I, I've been about as open about this for almost two years. It seems like I, I've made this statement over and over, and I'll make it again to you, too. Look, I believe the vaccine works. I do. And I've seen when I look at my look at nursing homes across the state, when I look at veterans homes and I look at people 65 years and older that's had the vaccine, I look at the data. I believe the vaccine works. Now, what the end result of that is four or five years down the road, I don't know. Maybe, Mm. you know, I don't think anybody does. But what I will tell you, I believe people should have the choice whether they take a vaccine, whether they wear a mask. And that hasn't changed in two years. So for me. Uh, he's a health director. He's going to go out there and make sure vaccines available, whoever that person is, to the people that want a vaccine and making sure we're getting it to them. If they want a test, we want to make sure they get a test. Let's turn to the state budget and your plans to bolster Missouri's infrastructure in a whole host of areas, Governor. You're looking at a historic level spending on higher education, nearly half a billion dollars in capital improvements and scholarships. Why is that money needed? Is it just as simple as we've gotten behind on upkeep for our schools? Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think we pushed a lot of things down the road. But again, I think just the demand of the workforce. Uh, when you look at, uh, I'll just say, I'll just pick Boeing in St. Louis. Boeing's now coming out in a program where they're now going to try to get high school students to learn part of their trade at Boeing. And if they will get this training while they're in high school, they will bring them on board at Boeing, give them a little more education, get them into their workforce. Hmm. And I think the same principle on higher education. We know, for example, we need more nurses in the state. We needed that pre-pandemic and to be able to meet the demands of that. And we've got 120,000 job openings across the state of Missouri. And I'm not talking low-level job entries. I'm talking about just good-paying jobs where everybody's Mm -hmm. looking for people. So I think by building those institutions up, making sure we're building things that create a workforce is something we really want to capitalize on. I want to ask you about the Second Amendment Preservation Act that's before the Missouri Supreme Court right now. This is a bill that now blocks local law enforcement from implementing federal gun laws. The law as it's written now is confusing to some law enforcement officers. What do you want to see happen on this front? Well, I think anytime you do a major piece of legislation, you never should be afraid to go back and tweak it or see if there's things you can do. Uh, and there's sometimes there's un, unintended consequences when you do stuff. But the bottom line of it is I think the, the, the Second Amendment Preservation Act is very important to the people of Missouri. The vast majority of the people believe in the Second Amendment. <clears throat> so, one, we've got to protect that. And I think the irony of that was is to make sure the federal government couldn't come in and overstep their boundaries uh, is the way that, that falls out. So I don't know what the Supreme Court's going to do. I guess in point, uh, I think if those law enforcement officers come up, And as supportive I am of them, you know, I want to see what their concerns are and see if there's ways we can fix that. A couple of other legal questions here. Do you agree with Attorney General uh, Schmidt's lawsuits targeting local school districts that decided to implement mask mandates? All this mandate stuff needs to stop. I mean, I think people are so done with this in Mm -hmm. the state and have been for months. If you go out to eat, if you go out to a sporting event, if you go to any events, I mean, people are so done with this. And at some point, we got to get out of the business uh, of mandates and start just making sure people understand if you want to do this, you have every right to do it. If you don't, you do. And let parents decide what's best for their kids, whether they go to school with one or whether they don't. You know, 
we've got to get out of that business. We're not supposed to be in a pandemic type uh, forever. And I think the good news is for all of us, the numbers are looking better in the state. Um, someday we'll get to analyze all this stuff with real data and say what really worked, what didn't work, mm-hmm. and what those theories are. I, did, I believe the mandates need to come to an end. I think you're seeing that across the country, too. Governor, I had Kevin Strickland on the show a couple of weeks ago. This is the man who spent 43 years in the Missouri prison system for crimes he didn't commit. There's a push on now to provide compensation to those who are wrongly incarcerated, like Kevin Strickland. You have a law enforcement background, a former sheriff. Would you support a change like this? You know, I'd have to look at that pretty hard, Steve. And let me tell you why. Who is responsible for that? If there is a responsibility party. Is that the county that sent him up the city Mm. or is that the entire state tax base of the state of Missouri uh, who's responsible for that? So I just think to say, okay, all the taxpayers in the state of Missouri are responsible for that. You know, I don't know Uh, if if he was wrongfully convicted in in a county or in a city, what responsibility do they have? What do you make of the fact that Kevin Strickland was released without any compensation from the state, from the county, from the city whatsoever, not even a place to stay when he got out of prison? Well, good, bad or indifferent is the way the system is right now. Uh, You know, and it's been in that place for a long time. And I I think, you know, some of the things we've tried to do, I know since I've been governor, we've tried to change the way we do some of the people that are incarcerated. His case is definitely unique to, to most cases we deal with. Uh, but I think the way it was structured uh, is the way the system is right now. Until there's some sort of legislative change in that, then I think it is what it is. That was Missouri Governor Mike Parson and KCUR's Steve Kraske. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and Trevor Grandin and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To hear Steve's full interview with Missouri Governor Mike Parson, visit kcur.org, where you can also hear a live stream of Kansas City's NPR station. If you like our show, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.